our um, our three podcasts have got thirty three plays so far. What in total? In total. So so okay. Question number one: Have you shared it with anyone either of you? Do you back? <laughs> I'm gonna have to go with um. Deepak, you're killing him. You ready? Let's go. Morning, all. Welcome back to part two of episode four of Remember the Game podcast. It's good to, to have you all back here. I'm going to talk a little bit about the latest updates in football before segueing into. Um, what Deepak suggested last week as our main topic this, this, this episode, and that's around the three main transfers of the 1920 season. Uh, we've all gone away, done a little bit of research, and have, kind of, and have come up with three main names. Before we uh, go on to that, just a couple of the, the main breaking bits of news. First is obviously Bundesliga back. Wow, we um, great to see it back. It was good. It was uh, surprisingly enjoyable. And I know we're going to talk a little bit more about it as um, Daz has picked up as his game, uh, Dortmund v. the Schal- Schalke, which was yesterday evening. Um, but no, it was, good to, it was good to have it back. And then alongside that, we've had a, a couple more developments in, in uh, the English side of things. League Two sides have voted to end their season. Still sorting out who will go up, who will go down, if that does happen. But they definitely ended the season. And I think that's on a uh, cost basis. So it just doesn't make sense if fans aren't coming into the turnstiles and paying for a ticket. It'll end up costing them huge amounts of money. I think estimates were about 200, 250 grand to finish off the season for, for not much. Um, and then from a Premier League perspective, we've, we've got players starting to train. Prime Minister has cleared sport to return from 1st of June at the earliest. I think we're probably looking at uh, Premier League returning end of June-ish, as long as um, the famous R rate doesn't go up by too much. Deepak, um, what, what, what are your thoughts? you think the Premier League will return? I think so. I think it will. I think uh, the German League sets an example um, without the fans. But, I mean, stadiums are empty, but I think football will definitely be back. Yeah, no, I agree. And Daz, you, you, you in agreement? I think so, yeah. I think so too. Kind of seeing uh, the Bundesliga last or yesterday as well. It it, it works, you know, without the fans and yeah. stuff like that. Obviously, it's different, but seems to be kind of safety measures are mostly adhered to. Yeah. Kind of seems to go out without a hitch, and kind of the actual games themselves were of pretty high quality. You know, yeah. there might have been uh, some concerns that it might be kind of a training training session atmosphere or anything like that. But I thought. The ones I was watching, I know, were quite exciting. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I, I actually really enjoyed it. Football being back, I know it wasn't quite the same, um, but but just football being back on BT Sport was was really enjoyable. I think um, in in talking about the Premier League return, uh, the rumours are that the first game back could possibly be United v Spurs, really? um, which will be an absolute cracker. <laughs> um, but we'll we'll have to see. I know um, Ash Austin will be listening. Deepak Lavani is our correspondent in Bundesliga. He's a United fan. I'm Spurs. So um, there'll be some uh, sort of bit of rivalry if, if that does happen. Um, before we move on to, to transfers, any other bits of breaking news um, from, from either Germany or Australia that's, that you think needs, needs to come to us? I mean, I know everyone's dying to know from the Australian end, but um, the Australian football uh, league here called the Hande A-League is um, currently falling apart as we speak. Hot. The, main, the league's main sponsor, Hyundai, pulled out. Um, there's now talk of the broadcaster, Fox Sports, pulling out as well. When you mm. say pulling out, does that mean just for this season or is that just pulling out completely and reassessing, you know, future term? Just pulling out completely and reassessing. Wow. Um, so there's talk in Australia of whether it goes to one of the other main sports broadcasters, Optus Sport, which offers mainly uh, online subscription service. Okay. Um, Okay. I quite like Opsis Sport. Um, they seem to be pretty good. But, but, but supposedly no... they can come in with a low ball offer now? That You could imagine so. And it'd be a case of how would that affect kind of the league overall and the teams yeah. within it. There's already, you know, teams who have released players simply because they can't afford to pay them their contracts. Um, obviously, the league itself isn't what it was a couple of years ago. With kind of bigger name signings, and things like that. You know, David Villa, yeah. Robbie Fowler, things like that. But there's still some... Some players here on relatively high contracts. 
Um, so, so there is a question mark over what, what happens to them. Um, I think we'll see now with kind of Australia itself as a country lifting restrictions both this month and next month and the month after and there's three-stage kind of lockdown um, process. You know, does that bring back live sports? Yeah. And if so, is the A-League itself able to physically come back? Are there any, are there any teams or players left to come back? Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the main bit from Australia here. Anything happening, uh, anything happening in Germany? Absolutely. It's back. Football is back. I think that's the biggest news we have. <laughs> and it was bloody enjoyable. It really I think, was. you know, something that, something that will be interesting, and I think, Daz, you maybe picked up on a, a little bit in Australia, but it'll, it'll impact the world of football. And that's whether there's going to be a, a football reset. Um, what, what I mean by that, and we've, we've touched on it in previous episodes, but things like transfer fees dramatically reducing, things like players' wages dramatically reducing, possibly the introduction of a wage cap, possibly um, clubs being forced to keep back 20% reserves of, of you know income, things like that. So I, I think this could be an interesting topic um, in one of our future future episodes. I'm mindful of time, listening to the feedback so far, and we've been having some big numbers. Daz, I don't know if you want to quickly touch on that. 13, Tom, 13. Okay, so 13 for the last episode. Obviously, that was released about 24 hours ago, so we're on the upwards trajectory, and I can only assume by the time we get back to, to next Saturday, next Sunday, we'll be hearing uh, the, the three-digit mark. But, but anyway, some of the listener feedback is that we try and make sure these episodes are, are nice and succinct. So we're going to move on uh, to, to our players. Deepak, do you want to start with the three transfers from the 1920 season that you think were um, the most key, shall we say? Sure, Thomas, I would love to start. So... The three players I picked were, my first pick was Daniel James to Manchester United. The second one was Christian Eriksen to Inter Milan. And the third and final one was Christian Pulisic from Dortmund to okay. Chelsea. Do, do you want to do you want to briefly say why you picked so those three? Picked and then we can maybe yeah. pick one to go into depth. Of course. So the, th- um, so the reason I picked these three were um, Daniel James. He came out of nowhere. To be honest, I've never heard of him. Um, and for me, he's shown a bit of promise, um, something United have lacked, at least in that kind of position. Um, Christian Eriksen, to be honest, I picked because he went from a really high season in Spurs, where he was doing really well in the Premier League, to the Italian League, where he started, I think, only one game. And made about four appearances uh, throughout the league so far, yeah. which is quite shocking considering the quite, uh, quality player he is. And finally, the third one I picked was Christian uh, Polishichik, who was tearing it up in Dortmund. And um, I think he's had a relatively decent start to the life in the Premier League. It's not the easiest league to adjust to, but uh, I think he's done a decent job considering, um, yeah, yeah, considering his age as well. Perfect. I'll, I'll let Daz come in now and pick one of those three that we're going to um, talk about a bit more. All right. I think let's find out a bit more about Pulisic because I don't really know that much about him. Yeah, I, I felt he was he was a really interesting pick. And and if I'm honest, I, I so so we we know he's 21 years old. Yeah. Born September 1998. Yeah. He's American. Um, he signed for £57 million in 1819. Indeed. He counts Ooh. here because he went back to Dortmund on loan, came back 1920, first season with Chelsea. His contract runs until June 2024, at which point he will be um, about 24, 25, uh, so fairly, fairly young. Yep. Um, so so I, I, I was interested by this one because I, I don't know whether he's been a success or not because... I didn't realise that Chelsea paid that amount for him, £57 million. Correct. Um, he scored, I believe, five goals. So those five goals came in a three-game week, back-to-back game week spread mm-hmm. um, in, at the end of October through to mid-November. I think he scored three against Burnley, so a hat-trick. Yep. 
followed by a goal against Watford and then a goal against Palace. Now, for me, £57 million, and and granted, I know he's been injured the last eight or nine matches, Uh but I don't know whether you class him as a success. So, uh, that's interesting what you said, Tom. And just to correct you, he's actually six goals, including Champions League. He scored one in the Champions League as well. Um, <laughs> no, hold on a minute. Five in the Premier League. Yep, five in the Premier League and one in the Champions League. Um, and he's got about, he's amassed uh, six assists as well. So six goals overall and six assists out of okay, 23 yeah. appearances. Considering uh, the money he's coming for, yeah, I don't think it's, um, I don't think he's lived up to the potential just yet. Um, but also keeping in mind that he's coming to a relatively young squad with a relatively new manager. Um, yeah. I think he's got, I mean, he's coming, literally, he was replaced, he's replaced Hazard, we could say, actually. He's come into the exact same position. Obviously, he hasn't had the same impact as what Hazard had. But um, I feel he has promise. Um, I think he still has a lot more to show. Like you said, his goals came all within uh, one game week, which is not really what you want from your from a 57 million um, pound player. But at the same time, for an American to succeed in the Premier League, you don't see that that often. Um, yeah. So I think that in yeah. itself, he's come with he's come with very high expectations, I would say, and definitely not lived up to it. But I think Lampard's also not put a lot of pressure on him, um, where he's you know I think keeping him off the starting eleven week in week out, or rotating him rather, you could say. It eases off the pressure, I would say. So even Klopp has that same effect on players. He buys players, but doesn't throw them in directly. He eases them in. So I think maybe this is what Lampard yeah. is doing as well. And hopefully we will see more of him. Because he is quite an exciting yeah, I'm, player. I'm right. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. I think he's an exciting player. Um, would, okay, so let me, let me pose you this question. Would you... Do you think £57 million was a, a good price for him in hindsight? In hindsight? Um, I would say... I'd say yes, to be honest. I think it's a decent... Okay, it's a fair, fair value, if you would put it that way. Just because of his age, what he was doing in the Bundesliga as well. So he was, he's yeah. in the same position as Jordan Sancho at the moment. Besides, uh, Jordan Sancho is English, so this guy's American. Had he been English, obviously his value yeah. would have been higher because uh, for the homegrown player. Um, yeah. But I think in this case, he still has that potential. He's still super young. Like you said, he's only 21. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. So, so I, I, I probably think £57 million, you know, you haven't got the... the the reward, or Chelsea haven't got the reward just Definitely. yet. Having said that, obviously, it's first season. Um, I, I, I guess he will start having a lot more game time given William and Pedro are on their way Correct. out, um, either at the end of June or possibly July, depending on what happens. And, and when you do think about uh, Pulisic, Hudson-Odoi, um, Tammy Abraham mm-hmm. up front with Mason Mount just behind, actually, that front four is quite an exciting Man, one. Yeah, super young, uh, super young front four. But do you, do you think he will yeah. be able to fill in? I mean, do you think he'll be a long-lasting player? Can you see him at Chelsea for another five seasons? My worry is, is the injury. Yeah. My worry, yeah, I think he's missed the last eight or nine Correct. matches, you know, for a 21-year-old. Yeah. Is, is, is that, that a risk? I mean, Dad, you picked him. What, what, what are your thoughts? Um, I think, touching on your point earlier, Tom, you know, Willian and Pedro are ahead of him in the pe- pecking order. And after this season... It sounds like by all accounts, they're on their way out. Yeah. I think, you know, once he gets a full preseason under his belt, gets maybe gets over the injuries and has bedded in a bit more with the team. Yeah, I, I think kind of 57 million at this point, you're, you're paying for his potential. You're not exactly, paying for what yeah. he is now and his return. I think as well, it's a bit unfortunate. He was bought basically within the same year that they sold Definitely. Hazard. Yeah. And so... He, He's automatically seen as the like-for-like yep. replacement. When when you look at his record at Borussia Dortmund, you know before he went, before he's bought by Chelsea, ten goals and eighty-one appearances. Clearly, you know he hasn't been setting the world alight, but there must be enough potential there they see um, to be able to pay that much. And there's probably other commercial considerations to it too. Being an American player, maybe that's a market Chelsea want to 
tap into a bit more over the next couple of years and having the most expensive American player of all time playing for them and so on, who seems by all accounts to constantly perform for the US national team as well. Yeah. I guess from a commercial sense, it can only be a good thing. I think, you know, on the Hazard point as well, you know, if he's not been brought in to be a like-to-like for Hazard, which I don't think he has been, I guess it's a case of what does he offer you? And that's where kind of Tom, you kind of touched on it earlier on too. Like, I haven't seen enough of the guy to know whether he's a really good player or not. Um, and kind of, it's interesting listening to Lampard as well. I remember at the start of the season too, he was really keen to just ease him in and not just start him immediately in every game. And maybe there is a case of he's just adapting to the Premier League, adapting to England and all that, because it is a different league from the Bundesliga. Yeah. Um, and, you know, look at players like Mkhitaryan, who have torn up the Bundesliga, but have come to England and basically not done anything, Yeah. Um, if we're being a bit harsh there. I, I guess the um, risk is reduced, isn't it, in the sense that even if he has another poor season, i.e. replicates what he's done now, so five goals in the Premier League, a handful of assists, a few injuries... Chelsea still probably are able to sell him for a good, what, 30, 35 million? Yep. Yep. Especially in this market, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and it, uh, Yeah, and as well, I think it's worth probably saying, and I have no actual evidence to back this up, but <laughs> he was one of Chelsea's last purchases before they got that two-transfer window in Barco. Yeah. So I don't think it's that a stretch to say maybe there was a bit of urgency or panic buying on Chelsea's end where if they knew this potential ban was down the line they need to get this player now um, and that's why they maybe pay a little bit more for him um, and if they didn't have it on the rise and maybe they don't pay 56, 57 million for him maybe they try and do about 35 to 40 million for him yeah um, I mean that that must make him one of their most expensive players I would have thought mm-hmm. yeah um, I'm, try- I'm trying so. to, yeah, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Anyone else that that would have cost huge, huge amounts? Um, possibly uh, William, possibly Kante. I don't know how much he was. Uh, Barkley. So um, Kepa Ariz Ariz Balaga. Yeah, he's seventy-one and a half million for Bilbao. Okay, yeah, and then Barkley was about twenty odd million. Um, yep. William, who was poached right right at the last minute with Spurs coming in, I think was twenty seven ish million. Um, so so he he's up there, isn't he, in terms of um, some of their most expensive players? I know uh, Costa, Diego Costa was was also up there, but yeah, definitely an interesting yep. pick. All right, that's before we move yep. on from him. One um, question: rating of um, say one to ten, would you over the next five seasons? Where where do you think he'd? Where, what kind of player do you think he'll? Be. Would he be a squad player? Would he be a bench player? Would he be a starting eleven? You cannot touch him or an untouchable, as Mourinho would say. So I, I think injuries will play a huge part Fair here. Enough. Um, my my prediction is that he is a seven out of ten sort of player. Doesn't live up to his potential and does a job but doesn't uh, light the world on fire. Dara? Des? Yeah, I agree with Tom there. Um, I think as well, to put it into kind of layman's terms here, if we kind of think about it in terms of FIFA <laughs> ratings. So at the moment, FIFA 20, <laughs> he's a 79. Do we see him getting better than a 79? I'd, I'd say his, uh, his ceiling is maybe very low yeah. 80s. And that's, you know, if, yeah. if he... If Fair enough, to be honest, I would agree as well. I think he's an exciting player, but I don't think he's going to live up to it in the Premier League. Perfect. Right. Daz, move on to you. Right. So my three were, and I tried to be as outside of the box as I could on this. Um, so my three players are Martin Odegaard on loan at Real Sociedad from Real Madrid. Lise Mousset, who went to Sheffield United in the summer from Bournemouth. And Danny Ings, who went to Southampton in the summer from Liverpool. Interesting okay. picks. Okay, do I get to pick yeah, this go one? Go ahead, Tom. Go ahead. Okay, so I thought I thought all three were interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm not. I think I'm going to go for one of the strikers. So either Musa or Ings. I'm going to go 
I'm going to go Ings uh, just because of the England and I've got a couple of questions around him. However, just picking up on Moose very quickly, because I think both picks were, were quite interesting. Can I, can I just flag here? And this is where I think the world of football has just gone totally wrong. Moose, he cost Sheffield United £10 million pounds, um, yep. uh, a season ago. Now, prior to that, he was playing at Bournemouth. At Bournemouth... In 1819, he has 24 appearances, the majority coming off of the bench. He scored one goal. In 1718 season, he had 23 appearances coming off from the bench, the majority, and scored two goals. How on earth does that warrant £10 million? Goodness. Yeah. I and can I believe com- it. I completely agree. And that's why, that's why I picked him as well. Simply because prior to the season... I'll be honest, I didn't really know that much about him. For me, he was kind of, he was always one of those players where on FIFA, he'd never get into the starting 11, even if you had an injury kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But every time I've seen him that, this season, admittedly on match of the day most weeks, I've been really impressed by him. Um, yeah. I really like the look of him. I think for whatever reason, most likely it's kind of the system they play in at Sheffield United as well. Chris Wilder seems to have just got the best out of him and must have seen something yeah, in him, whether it be kind of reserve games or whatever like that, because I'm totally on board with you, Tom. Kind of, he was absolutely terrible before this, and so he's gone for ten million. And, and this is this is Sheffield United signing yeah. him. You know, this is exactly interesting. So even in the summer, Sheffield United signing him one would have gone under the radar; no one would have cared. Yeah. And two, anyone that looked at it would have been like, "Well, that's kind of a poor signing. He might be good next season when they get relegated, and he's maybe a championship player." But kind of looking at his stats, so in total this season, he's played 26 games, five goals, four assists, right? In the league, he's played 23 games, five goals, four assists. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, in the current market, you know, you look at Pulisic going for nearly 60 million and not ripping up trees necessarily. I think, you know, for essentially combined nine goals, whether it be scoring or contra- contributing towards them, yeah. I, think that, I think that's not bad value. Okay. No, no, I'm sorry. That, 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 that is basic stuff. Mm. You learn when you're playing on a youth team. Um, do, you, do you want me to very quickly shout yeah, out my ahead. three names? Yes, please. So we've got Dean Henderson on loan from Man United to Sheffield United, goalkeeper. We've got Giovanni Lo Celso, who uh, plays for Tottenham Hotspur, originally came out on loan, and then we bought him in January, activated a clause in that agreement. And then we've got uh, Marcus <laughs> Edwards, who is a young English player um, playing at Vitoria in the Portuguese league from Tottenham. <laughs> is this a piss take? Absolutely sounds like it. <laughs> um, well, well who, who's, whose turn is it to choose? I think it's well, Deepak's turn, I want to it? hear a bit about this Edwards guy, but I would also like to talk about uh, the Celso. Yeah. So maybe we can touch on both. <laughs> okay, sounds good. So we'll, start, we'll start with... Um, the, the easy one. Should we do yeah, uh, Lacelso? Why'd you pick him? Okay, so Lacelso. I mean, if I'm totally honest, I picked him because he's eye candy uh, for me in terms of footballing maestro. Thank, uh, thank you for clearing that up, Tom. Not looks. He's not a bad looking guy. He's not a bad looking guy. He's 24 years old. Um, he's Argentinian. He's a central midfielder. Tottenham paid about, I think, uh, twenty-eight million for uh, to to Real Betis for him to come across. He's interestingly, (laughs) (laughs) interestingly, he's had he's he's had Mm -hmm. nineteen appearances in the Premier League. He's not scored any goals and he's not had any assists. Um, Oh, so of course we should include him. (laughs) Well, I think I think so. So the reason I have included him is I think he's a huge play. He's going to be a huge player for Spurs in the future. I think I would compare him to Christian Eriksen. However, I would say he is he works harder than Eriksen, has just as much ability, but also has a little bit more aggression and passion and commitment. Um, so I think Lacelso will likely be in the years to come Spurs' best player over the next three three ish years. Um, and and that's that's really the the reason why I've, I've I've picked him. I think he'll be an absolute bargain at 28 million. If you think that we've just spoken about 20 million for Danny Ings, uh, we've spoken about Pulisic, uh, you know, for 50 odd million. 
28 million, Giovanni Lo Celso, dream. Dara, what's your take? Does... So, I must be honest, and I've always wondered this about Lo Celso, and I've, I've been saying it actually all season. Um, I still don't know if he's a good or a bad player. And that, that's not a criticism necessarily on you, Tom, or anything. But it's just a case of every Spurs game I've watched, I just don't... I either don't notice him, and that's more failing on my part, but I, I still don't know a year later if he's a good or a bad player. Um, I remember when he came, you know, and when Mourinho came into the team too, um, I remember in er- early days there was talk that he didn't necessarily rate LaCelso and that they'd be cutting his loan short. But obviously that hasn't happened and they've made it permanent. They've made it permanent, right, Tom? Yeah, they've made it permanent on the back yep. of a couple of huge performances in January. And obviously at that point, yep. I, th- I think there was also a bonus to making it permanent as we then paid less than we would have done if we'd done it in the summer. Yeah. So, yeah, on that point, kind of 19 games, no goals or assists, but I would say kind of that's not, probably what he's been brought in to do um, in fairness to him um, looking at his FIFA rating which I know is a good indication to most people 83 is pretty good it is um, indeed it is I mean just to add to that so 19 games for Spurs before that he was obviously playing at uh, Bilbao it was uh, sorry uh, Real Betis and um, I think he, he had about 30 appearances there and I'm sure in the 18-19 season, he had nine goals, five assists. And then he had a further in the Europa League in seven appearances, a further five goals. Um, so, so this is a central midfielder. I think he, he, will, he will likely play. He won't play in that Ericsson further up the pitch role or the Deli Alley. He'll play in central midfield. But he will, one, give you aggression, two, commitment, three, passion, four, he will have that pass. And five, I think he will. Sounds like you're talking about Jack Wilshere. But to be honest, (laughs) (laughs) well, listen, Jack. If Jack didn't get injured as much, maybe. Yeah, no. To be honest, I was looking at videos online as well to see uh, more about Lascelles, and I found a YouTube video of his best moments. The way he plays, he does have a few similarities. I don't know why it reminded me of Jack Wilshere, but the way he, his eye for a pass or his movement, it had a very Jack Wilshere-esque you know, style to it. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, as much as I... Uh, definitely, I mean, he looks, yeah, he looks more technical, <laughs> he looks more skillful in the ball. But um, I think his, like like Dara said as well, his 83 rating in FIFA, I think that is based on his previous season. I think this season he definitely dropped down to about 79, perhaps. Yeah. So, so, so my, I yeah. think... No, hold think on a minute. Fair. Hold on a minute. I think his ceiling... I honestly believe this. I think his ceiling is 88, 89, 90. And I think we'll see that next season. Um, and I, I, I'm fairly confident. Uh, so, so much so that, um, and this is maybe for another episode of, of uh, the, the podcast, but I, I invest in um, football players through Football Index. And he is uh, one of my purchases. So we'll see. Tom, stop trying <laughs> to promote other companies on this podcast. Or maybe, unless, unless they sponsor us. Oh, goodness. <laughs> um, do, do we want yeah, to I want to know who he is. Before we move to, to yesterday's match. Okay, so you heard it here first. Marcus Edwards, English. He's a right winger, but also can play uh, in that attacking midfielder position. He's 21 years old. Uh, December 98, so he'll be turning 22 this, this year. He plays for Vittoria Guimaraes Beautiful pronunciation. in the Portuguese League. Thank really you. good. Thank you. And, and he signed from Tottenham in the 1920 transfer window for free. So he was absolutely free. Um, the one thing I would say is that Spurs inserted a 50% sell-on clause, meaning that essentially, if he does make it, we will have first dibs to, to get him back here. The other thing I want to point out is that with him playing in Portugal, Jose Mourinho will have a, an awful lot of um, uh, colleagues up there that will be able to feed back intel. And what the, the intel that they'll be receiving on Marcus Edwards, first of all, he was rated in his first season in Portugal, should we say, he was rated in the top 10 players in Portugal by whoscored.com. He was ninth. In 24 just, just games... Just barely made it, eh? um, He... <laughs> in, in 24 games played, uh, Victoria are sixth. They're on 37 points. They're about, I think, five points. Out of how many four. teams? 
and he he um eighteen eighteen team league uh, so they they are sixth um and 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 Marcus so in in his fourteen appearances he also made three as a sub he's had four goals and four assists and then in Europa League he had four starts uh, and that was with two goals now this this is a lad that hasn't made it at Spurs. He's gone to Portugal. Um, he's, he's shown huge signs of talent. When you compare him to a, a Mr. Bruno <laughs> Fernandes, so Bruno Fernandes in the Primera League, 17 appearances, eight goals, seven assists. Marcus isn't hugely off that. I wouldn't be surprised if Marcus Edwards ends up back at Spurs in one to two years. And I think this will either go one or two ways. He'll be at Spurs in, in, in 18 months' time um, or he will absolutely tank, in which case we can forget <laughs> about this podcast. We'll edit this out. <laughs> Daz, thoughts? <laughs> Daz? I think Daz has lost four yeah. words. Thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just trying to take a look. You know what? I knew nothing about this guy up until now. Um, so listen, Tom, you, you sound really passionate about him. It's lovely to hear. Um, I know you were raving about the fact Spurs gone for free and stuff, but on Wikipedia it says he joined them at the age of eight. <laughs> oh, no, so sorry, sorry, sorry. No, 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 no. no. He, he went for, from Spurs to Vittoria Fact for checking. free. That is the oh, transfer right. we're so, talking about. We're talking about the transfer from Spurs to Vittoria. Apologies, apologies. That's my bad. That's my bad. Look, I, you know, do you remember the player John Bostock for Spurs? Yeah. 2008. And kind of, I get the feeling this guy is going to go the same way. John Bostock, mercurial talent, was really highly rated. If you had Fulton Manager 2008, you bought him, he became like the best player in the game within five seasons. And then John Bostock ended up going to Royal Antwerp in Belgium for a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, among some other clubs. Now, he's actually playing back in Nottingham Forest, which I reckon is about his level. Um, you know, Marcus Edwards, 21 at this point. Yeah, he could do pretty well in Portugal. I'd be really surprised, especially if Mourinho is still in charge of Spurs buying him back. Simply because he's five foot five. He's a winger. He doesn't sound like a Mourinho kind of player in that sense. But, you know, if he does well, maybe he goes to a, a better Portuguese club or goes to a, an English championship club, maybe. Okay, okay. Um, that's, that's an interesting... So, I, d- I don't want to t- totally knock him. Um, what, what's his you know, FIFA rating? Do you have it? FIFA rating is the lowest so far today at 69. Okay, okay, okay. Which, which for a 21-year-old... Coming back, you know, I, th- I think he's got potential. He, according oh, to the internet, oh, he said he was oh. at Norwich as well. Yeah, yeah. he went out on loan a few times. Um, so he's, he's been out on loan yeah. to a few different teams over the past few years. He made his debut for Spurs at the age of 17. He was highly rated at that point. And I think the, other, the only other thing to point out is in, in his, his first season in the Portuguese, uh, Portuguese league, he's got the most successful dribbles per match so he's at 2.9 so he's number one in that category so I I mean he sounds a little bit like an Aaron Lennon um, who who, you know yeah yeah. we'll we'll, we'll have to wait and see on this one Um, according to the internet December 30th 2019 his market value is 3.5 million euros and at the same club Um, and right now April 8th 2020 his value dropped to 3.20 3.2 million. So okay, so we'll we'll, we'll have to. Why did it drop three hundred thousand? <laughs> <laughs> well, I get coronavirus. Covid nineteen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's all downhill. <laughs> um, but yeah, now we'll, we'll have to see. I'm mindful of time and trying to keep us um, plugged in. So, Daz, do you want to introduce this week's game? So this week's game, um, rather than looking back at classic games, we've all been starved for football the past couple of months. 
obviously the Bundesliga was coming back, so it only felt right to pick one of the games of the weekend in the Bundesliga. So we picked uh, Dortmund against Schalke. Um, and quite lucky we did as it well. Did. This seems to be an absolute goal fest. Um, yeah, I'll just kind of quickly summarize what happened. Um, it was played in, in a stadium with no fans in Dortmund. Um, it was quite a high-paced game. Dortmund won 4-0, pretty much destroyed Schalke. Some really good goals in it. Um, some really good pieces of play. The no-fans atmosphere wasn't actually as bad as I thought it would be, having watched the, the K-League games and how boring they've been. So, yeah, I think overall I was pleasantly surprised. I think uh, Deepak is a German, Germany correspondent. Do you kind of want to go into a bit so, more detail about, uh, about the game? So, the game kicked off around 3.30 in the afternoon, Germany time. Um, I was out in the city as well, actually, and you could see a lot of people out about bars uh, waiting for the games, excited. You could see football fans in the jerseys. Um, it was good. It was, it was like things going back to normal. Did it, it did, did it feel it did. like it really life did. is normal? Uh, just because shops Cheating. are open as well. Um, you have bars, restaurants, people are out and about. The day was a okay. nice day. So, yeah, it seemed like things were just, you know, back to normal besides people wearing masks here and there. But, yeah. Seems pretty nice, actually. Um, so the game itself was pretty good. It was pretty entertaining. Um, I think from the start, we saw some pretty good passing, pretty good movement. Um, players looked fresh, besides a few injuries, obviously. Um, I think there was a 17-year-old who went off injured 17 minutes in. So that's probably going to be a theme that we see throughout uh, the rest of the season, probably, that uh, you see a lot of players you know, getting injured. But... Um, the game itself, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. But but it, they, they had the five they subs, did. didn't they? This new rule where you could make five substitutes, yeah, I think, which, uh, which is Dortmund interesting. Used four and the, uh, Schalke used uh, the entire five. Yeah, it, it does. It does. It means that at half time, if if you if things aren't going your way, all of a sudden Literally, the manager yeah. can really change things. Yeah. And I think Schalke made two subs, um, but you could get away with what making yeah. three subs. At half time and Correct. still having two in your pocket later on. No, I think it's interesting. I think my, my main dis and I, there were a couple of takeaways for me, but one there was a bit of disappointment. Yeah, I was hoping to see him as well playing yeah. um, because that's who I wanted to see. <laughs> Apparently, a new yeah. Why was that injury? Why did Why didn't he start? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, and then and then well, but he did come on, which which suggests yeah, that they can't be that worried it. about him. Um, yeah, quite possibly. The, the the other disappointment for me was um, Giovanni Reina. Um, you know, he was he was meant to be playing, and I was quite interested. He's seventeen years old, born two thousand and two, which makes us all feel that that bit older. Um, but but he's he's a, another one of these highly talented, mm-hmm. touted um, American footballers. And I tell you what, America, when it comes through to the World Cup in is it two thousand twenty six, uh, where it's going to be played across Canada, uh, United States, and Mexico, but they're going to have a, a yeah. very interesting team at that point. Um, but, but sadly, he got injured, didn't he? So he had to pull out. And it's also worth saying he's the son of oh. former Manchester City captain Claudio Reina. Yes. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Um, I think he's, he's, he's really highly rated. Um, so, so we'll be interested to see what happens. But he, he pulled out in the warm-up. I think he got injured. And then, and then the last bit was just uh, we got robbed of a couple of uh, famous names in terms of Dortmund's starting lineups, so the likes of uh, Emre Can, uh, Witzel, yep. and Royce. Uh, so, so you know, I, th- I think s- sadly we didn't see everyone we wanted to. Um, for me, if I'm totally honest, no atmosphere. You know, it, it did make it slightly strange, slightly eerie, but I actually really enjoyed it. Um, and and I you know I was able to have a, a bit of a, a bet on it <laughs> that that added to the excitement. I think um, my my main takeaways apart from Dortmund absolutely uh, running the show from I think about the fifteenth twentieth minute onwards, and then once Haaland got that goal at the twenty eighth minute, um, I think it was game over from there. But I think I think a couple of takeaways for me: one, a lot of underdogs when they are playing these better teams sometimes rely on the crowd's energy to push them forward and motivate them. And so I think what we will see is a, is a number of teams starting to slip down tables um, where, where you know, normally they might pick up a point or even three points against some of the bigger teams. So that's number one. Number two, um, 
injury-wise, I thought there was an awful le- uh, yeah. lot less rolling about and an awful lot less of um, physios running onto the pitch and giving needless treatment because people wanted to stay away from um, everyone. Uh, so, so all of a sudden you saw players saying, no, actually, I don't want any treatment because I don't want uh, a doctor all over me. And in the third one... And on that point as well, Tom, yes. um, just to cut in, it was interesting as well. There was no added time. No, none at half. all. None at all, yeah. Um, and actually, actually, there weren't really any, any major stops in, in play that I can remember. There was one, one bit in the first half where VAR was checking for a, a possible penalty, but that was about 20, 20 seconds, something like that. Um, so, so there weren't uh, many major stops. Uh, but, but the last point I was just going to make was just around the actual celebrations. So the goals, for example, they had um, social distanced uh, celebrations. Um, and then at the end, end of the match, you could see they all went up to the, the, where, where would normally be the yellow wall, you know, the Dortmund South stand, I think it is. Um, and, and they went up and celebrated yeah. with the fans, even though they weren't there, uh, which I thought was, was quite memorable. Daz, did this live up to, to your billing in, in terms of you picking it and, and football being back? I think it did. And I'm actually saying that because I picked it, uh, <laughs> but it helps. Uh, but, you know, looking at some of the other scores as well the weekend, um, uh, and it's, it, Sorry, sounds, it sounds like, I, I don't know what joke to say. <laughs> oh, I was trying to think Is of a joke better? around sucking and stuff like that, but I couldn't get it. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, that's cool. No worries, no worries. Uh, I'll just come back on that then. Yeah, I think I did. And I'm not just saying that because I picked the game. But um, I think looking at some of the other games as well at the weekend in the Bundesliga, you had like Paderborn's match was nil-nil, stuff like that. There's a couple of goals in the other games too, but this seemed like the, uh, the goal fest really. Yeah. Um, and it was, just, it was just good to see Haaland yeah. back on form, seemingly like he just never, never stopped playing, really. He just kind of was yeah, always... Really is. Second gear. He's a decent player, isn't half, he? Anyway. He really is. Yeah, and he's he's incredibly... If you, I don't know if you saw his interview after the match and stuff like that, but he just seems to just be incredibly confident to the point of arrogance. And I guess as a top-class striker, you maybe need a bit of that too. Um, but I was really impressed as well. Mm-hmm. One by yeah. um, Julian Brand. And some of the flicks he was doing. I know we were talking on the WhatsApp group during the match. Do you find yeah, that completely his flick up. for one of the goals was insane? Uh, yeah, and kind of, um, I think as well, you know, Thorgan Hazard. Yeah. He's, he's actually been kind of going a bit under the radar in recent years in Germany. He, he's been there now five, agree, five yeah. years and has been like quite a solid player. Um, and kind of, you see that in the way how much Dortmund. Um, you know, really valued him by bringing him in this summer. Um, and this Guerrero guy, I must admit, I never really heard of him before. Um, yeah. But his, his yeah, fourth goal, for example. Agree. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, well, he's, he's, he's Portuguese, isn't he? And I, I actually, he's 26. And I think, I think you start to, to look at that Portuguese side in Euros 2021. Yeah. And they've got some, some very good players yeah, in there. Genuinely they genuinely do. They really yeah. do. Because um, if you think about Bernardo Silva, Fernandez. Ronaldo, this this Laguerrera, just defensively, the likes of Fernandez, yeah, yeah, it's 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 quite an interesting one. Yeah. Yes, this is true, which which is unlike Portugal actually. Can I can I ask, um, Haaland, Do you think he's going to be you know the next Ronaldo, Messi, you know, top um, three player? Do you know what? I'm, top. I think Ronaldo, Messi is difficult to compare to them. At least I think they're on a completely different level but I think yes he's definitely going to be one of the top top five players in the world um, at his age you know he's still really tall but he's still very athletic he's very he's got an insane of a left foot he can head the ball he can run he's quick he can dribble he takes on players I think he's got it all to be yeah. honest as long as he keeps his head in the game and continues yeah I definitely think he can be one of those players yeah I'll tell you what, I really, really hope yeah. Norway make it to the Euros because I think he'd be 
um, another yeah. great player to watch. And you, you want to watch the best players, don't you? So I think they've got a playoff against Serbia, I think it is. Um, so, so we've still got to wait and see whether they do do make it. But no, I think I think he'd be a great addition to the tournament. Does any, any takeaway points from this match? I mean, yeah, apart from Haaland, is just an absolute unit. And, you know, in the Austrian league, he was banging them for fun. And there was always that little bit of doubt, I think, definitely for me and for a lot yeah. of people, over where which club he'd go to next after um, Red Bull Salzburg. Obviously, he was really strongly linked to Man United. I had my reservations about him Correct. at Man United simply because it's such a massive club and the pressure on him. Yeah. If he didn't hit the ground running, uh, you could kind of fear the worst for the guy. Seriously, it looks yeah. like, you know, Dortmund is kind of a match made in heaven for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, kind of, he seems to slot right in quite naturally. Not at all. They don't really have to change the way they play to accommodate him or anything. And he's Scored. hit the ground running since It was his... a four. What, he scored, on his debut, he scored a hat-trick, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, I, think, I think you might he came, right off right a, came on as a sub, didn't he? And I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but, but only yeah. in a 25, yeah. maybe 40-minute period, something like that. Quite short, wasn't it? Um, yeah, and kind of... And Tom, you were saying kind of earlier on as well, they were missing some of their so-called big star players as well. Witzel, um, Royce, yeah. uh, players like that. Kind of... Dortmund look fun. They look really fun, you know. Julian Brands, Sancho coming in as well, um, and Hazard kind of going forward. They got a lot of firepower. Yeah, yeah. Well, twenty sixth of May, they've um, they've got uh, Munich, so Bayern. Um, so I think that's going to be a really interesting match because I think at the top of the table, it is hugely tight. Just looking at it now, they're one point behind Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich are obviously playing today, so that might be four points. But it's a it's a must win game for Dortmund on the twenty sixth of May. Can I, can I just, one last bit on, on Haaland and, and maybe finishing off on, on the match. 20, I was just can looking at that. I just point out now. that Haaland's cost Dortmund 20 million? Um, yeah. That's, that's the same as Danny Ings. Uh, well, less, less than Danny Ings because it's 20 million euros. Yeah. That is ridiculous. That's three Christian Pulisic's. It is. It, but but we, we, we jest. But yeah, that, that's, that's, that's That's valid for money right there. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm trying to find out. Well, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to find out if he's got um, a, a buyout clause um, and what that might be. Because if if you think he was bought for 20 million euros, ha- how much would Man United pay for him now? I think he, this summer. Poof, difficult to say. I think he's oh, really lost 63 million. Yep. Easily, yeah. Is it 63 million quid? You pay that tomorrow. <laughs> <don't you? laughs> Well, Harry Maguire is 75. Yeah. <laughs> no, but quite literally, you would pay that tomorrow. Yeah. And Actually, Dortmund so this was... have made a cool 45 million profit. Yeah, sorry, this was one of United his... United uh, gets... insisted on it. So while signing yeah. with Dortmund, he's insisted on a 63 million release clause. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but, but who wouldn't pay that now? Um, and I'm, I'm surprised that... There hasn't been more interest. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're Haaland, actually, I think why, he's got to stay just because Dortmund have stay there for another year. Yeah, world class strikers year in after year out. I think he's got to stay there too. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think he's got to stay. Cause, yeah. yeah, and he'll get the definitely. game time, won't he? Having said that, though, you could see um, the likes of well, definitely uh, Chelsea, City. Arsenal, yeah. United, possibly even Liverpool. Literally, uh, yeah, moves on. They're, they're all being interested. I think even Real could use him as well. To be honest, yeah. I, like, the reason I didn't Real mention someone Spurs to replace is... well, yeah, no, hundred percent. I totally agree. Yeah, yeah, because uh, Jovic hasn't hasn't really lit the world on fire. Comes out to Essien. Okay, so why, why don't we have a look next episode at uh, worst transfers of the season? So we each pick one, we look at it yep. in some depth and come up with, with a bit of reasoning behind it. Um, but I, th- I think that's, that's everything from us, isn't it, Daz? Uh, there is a plug at so. the end of this around please subscribe to this podcast, you'll then get all the latest updates. Please give us a, a rating, and that's only if you're going to give us a five-star right. rating. And please give us a, a review. Man. 
if of course you're going to give a good review. <laughs> well, no, listen, I'm I'm a nice guy. I feel like I've I'm owed a few favors. <laughs> I think yeah, and Tom, you're being polite. I think for me and Deepak's side, no, like, give... we we don't care if you listen to this or not. <laughs> 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 right on that point i am going to make sure that this podcast is sent out to the likes of grace to the likes of robbie we're shouting out all of you please keep supporting us from Wee. america from australia right daz do you want to say one last <laughs> word as the host right well thanks boys that was a really good chat today uh full of i think that was really, a solid ending oh, fuck it let me just say it All right, thanks, boys. That was really good. Uh, great to chat. Great the football's back, at least for the time being, anyway. Looking forward to next week as well and what our mystery game will be next week, too. So, listeners, stay tuned. And as Tom was saying there as well, we're now on Spotify. So, if you fancy giving us a follow, um, anytime we upload a new podcast, it'll right, straight cheers, into lads. the Spotify inbox. All right. Cheers, boys. Yeah. Thank you. Boys, if you want to say goodbye. Bye bye. Have a good right. one, boys. Talk to you later. All right. Okay, perfect. Right, lads. Yeah. I'm gonna, Daz. I'm gonna send you through the time. No, sorry about that. We stopped and started. There were a few in this episode, <laughs> um, but I think sorry. I think we're looking at an hour long, uh, so we're gonna have to try cut it down next next week a bit more. No worries. <laughs> when I send you the finished product, it's just gonna be me talking for the whole thing. <laughs> right, take Look forward to it. Look forward to it. Anyway, boys, I've got a dash. All right. It was a bad idea. I mean, Dad, this is a proper professional setup here, isn't it? This is. <laughs> no, no, we're not talking about you. Deepak literally just said, I've got to go. I'll be one, I'll be one second. <laughs> yeah, but I can't even remember what we were talking about now. <laughs>